Welcome, weebs, to Strictly Anime, a podcast for anime reviews and discussions by casuals for casuals. My name is Courtney. And I am Carl. <laughs> this is our last episode of Strictly Anime for 2021, episode 67, and we are discussing the best and worst of 2021 anime. As always, there will be spoilers in this episode. We're going to try our best to keep them light or semi-light spoilers, um, but it might be kind of difficult because we have to talk about some things that happen in a lot of anime this year, but you've been warned. So first and foremost for this episode, before we even talk about anything, we have to give a huge, huge, huge shout out to our newest patron, Shaw. Shaw! Shaw! Round of applause. I always wonder how this sounds on the receiving end. It this, just this sounds like a clap. wet clap. <laughs> it's not wet. It's just a clap. <laughs> but thank you so much, Shaw, for becoming a patron, for supporting us here at the Strictly series, supporting everything we do, you know, providing weebs with content around anime and helping us to continue doing that and, and sharing our love of anime with everybody. We really appreciate it. Yeah, Shaw, you came in at the 11th hour, <laughs> right at the end of 2021. Yes. But it was a great way for us to, to end this year. So thank you for showing your support. And if you'd like to support the show and get access to things like bonus episodes, our pre-show, our show schedules, even submit questions for us to answer on the podcast, um, then feel free to head over to patreon.com slash the Strictly Series. A few other housekeeping items. Um, as a reminder, once again, we are in the throes of our part six Stone Ocean review series over at Strictly JoJo. We just recorded our episode three review and we're gonna be doing that weekly every single Monday. So if you are a JoJo fan, if you're watching Stone Ocean, if you have not ventured over to Strictly JoJo, please do so so you can join us for our Stone Ocean review series. Spoiler alert for episode three. Daddy's back. <laughs> and in similar fashion over here at Strictly Anime, um, we are approaching January, and January means the Attack on Titan final season part two will be premiering. And I believe the official release date in Japan is January 10th, but here um, in the West, it'll be January 9th. And our review series will be similar to the last review series or the special event that we had for Attack on Titan, where um, every Wednesday following that week's newest episode, we'll, pr we'll put out our, um, our review episode on the podcast of that Attack on Titan episode. Hopefully I, I explained that clearly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, anyway, just it's the same format we had last time. Um, every Wednesday, you will be getting a, um, a review episode on Strictly Anime in addition to our regular schedule of the newest episode of Attack on Titan that premiered that week. So join us. I believe that would be January 12th will be the first one. Um, and join us every single week. I think there's 12 episodes confirmed for part two of the final season. I might be wrong. Don't quote me on that. Um, but for at least 12 weeks, you'll be seeing lots of Attack on Titan content from us every Wednesday. That's insane. Like, we conclude 2021, and then 2022 is going to start off right with a banger with the end of Attack on Titan. We're witnessing anime history here. It's kind of, it's it's definitely crazy. It's definitely crazy. Yeah. But I'm excited for this review series. I had a good time with the last one, um, and I'm glad that we're bringing this back. And fingers crossed that Linked Horizon closes us out as the final OP for Attack on Titan. That's the only thing, besides knowing how the fuck this series is going to end, that's the only thing that I've been hoping for to come out of this final season. Like, it would just be a sin 
if Linked Horizon didn't perform the OP. And maybe the ED, but I would prefer the OP. I know. They've done every single one except for Final Season Part 1. But we'll see. Sometimes these studios... Oh, there was um, Red Swan from Season 3. They did the ED, I think, for that part. But Red Swan wasn't um, their OP. Oh, Okay, well, I stand corrected. <laughs> but I, I think sometimes studios will put out the OPs and EDs leading up to the premiere date, so maybe we'll know sooner than January 9th. But either way, we'll, we'll find out January 9th at the very latest. And if it's not Linked Horizon, or if it is Linked Horizon, either way, you'll hear our thoughts on January 12th. Spotify has recently implemented ratings for all of their podcasts. So for any show that's on Spotify, um, a listener can go on the Spotify app specifically. So I don't think it's implemented on the desktop or or sorry, website version, but on the apps um, on iOS and Android, a listener can tap to rate a show one to five stars as long as they've listened to at least 30 seconds of an episode so if you've been enjoying our uh, our content here at strictly anime if you've been um you know with us the whole year or if you're a newcomer either way please leave us a rating on spotify it helps us out a ton um we'd really appreciate it and it's very simple you do not have to leave us any lengthy review whether positive or negative, <laughs> you can just tap that rating button, give us five stars or however many you'd like to give us. I won't sway your vote either way. <laughs> um, but yeah, just small ratings like that will be definitely appreciated in the long run. And if you made it this far into this episode, you've already met the minimum criteria of listening to at least 30 seconds of the podcast in general. So you'll now have the ability to rate us on Spotify if you're listening on Spotify. So please, if if you have the time, if you'd be open to doing so, we'd really appreciate the support. It does help us out a ton. So yeah, like and subscribe. Smash that like (laughs) button, whatever the hell YouTubers say. Hit the bell for (laughs) notification. I'm kidding. I I wonder if this is going to become the new like subscribe and and rate us, you know, however many stars to kind of like mirror what YouTubers do. Podcasters, you know, we're, we're still kind of figuring things out. This is still a very new venture i think for everybody but i I feel like at some point we're gonna have our equivalent of smash that like button leave a comment down below hit that bell blah 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 (laughs) (laughs) well that's on like youtube which is a singular platform there's so many podcasting platforms right now that i think it would be hard to what do you call it like kind of synchronize it all with one way to rate or review something yeah i I think the only thing that you can do across all the platforms is subscribe i think that's the one thing like like follow or subscribe to a podcast seems to be the one commonality between all of them but hey spotify's got their ratings now and we'll we'll remind people from time to time so rate follow and subscribe (laughs) last thing before we jump into our very reflective discussion on 2021 (laughs) and the year in anime someone needs to cue the fanfare because after 20 plus years and maybe actually a year of actually watching it i finally fucking finished marmalade boy oh shit <laughs> and it what a journey i don't even remember when i started this show but i finished it as of i don't know 2 p.m. Uh, christmas eve <laughs> 2021 which is the day that we're recording and I, I gotta say, the ending was really underwhelming. 
you um i mean i don't know if this is like spoilers i mean i guess it's kind of spoilers but you you mentioned to me through your journey of watching marmalade boy that like sometimes history repeats itself in the story that's got to be exhausting kind of watching the same thing happen again yeah like the the show is basically like any teenage romance drama that you find on like the CW is the CW still a thing? I don't. I don't I watch no regular television anymore. We don't watch human shows. We watch <laughs> cartoons. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, like you have the main couple, and they go through the motions of love, and they're presented with all these situations. But it it's always defaulting to them either not communicating with each other or just falling into the same hole of how relationships get torn apart. And then you have an arc at the end, which is like, okay, so like the, the couple goes through, again, all of these different situations that test their love. And then you have this one more problem that's like at the tip of the iceberg that just like the last thing you could think of that could interfere with their love. And it's as outlandish as the entire premise of the show. And I will just leave it at that so that I don't spoil it for anyone who wishes to watch Marmalade Boy. But man, like, <laughs> part of me is like, how? why did I invest so much time in watching this show, even though I was watching it, like, nonchalantly these past couple months? But, like, it, it's a good show. It's a, a great, I guess, basic romance story, but I don't know if I would ever watch this again hey you've got closure and maybe my completionist tend tendencies have rubbed off on you you know you yeah. like had to finish something that you watched when you were a kid but yeah you can close that chapter of your anime watching life and if by some chance some weeb brings up marmalade boy in conversation you'll be able to partake yeah or participate <laughs> <laughs> i know there's also an ova or it's like a, a movie that was only 30 minutes which serves as a prequel, I might just give that a quick watch. I, I could care less, really. And then I found out um, while I was scrolling through the internet um, while like taking a shit, <laughs> uh, there's a sequel manga that came out called Marmalade Boy Little, which I think takes place 13 years after the events of the original anime or manga. And I think... They stopped releasing chapters, so it's. I'm pretty sure it's currently unfinished. There were fans who were kind of hoping for it to become an anime, but I think that ship has sailed. I don't plan on <laughs> reading that at all, but who knows? Maybe in the future they'll revisit it and they'll get an anime adaptation. I feel like there's always this, what do you call it, like a serenity moment with our podcast where... Remember, we talked about Devil is a Part, or we reviewed Devil is a Part-Timer last year, and all of a sudden, they, we get an announcement that they're moving forward with the season two. So part of me is thinking, like, with us talk or with me talking about Marmalade Boy um, in this podcast, that's going to manifest an announcement that, hey, we're going to adapt Marmalade Boy Little or something like that. Who well, knows? if that happens, you'll hear from us again. Yes. <laughs> And I know you said that was the last thing, but there is one more thing that is extremely important. Oh. 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 <laughs> That's right. <laughs> because by the time this episode airs, there will be another episode on a different podcast that has you on it, right? Yes. 
you took that repressed memory of watching the show that we reviewed right out of <laughs> my brain. Um, but no, it was a great discussion. Uh, I was on Anime Brothers with JD, one of our great podcast friends, and we were talking about the live action adaptation of Cowboy Bebop, which I wrapped up a couple weeks ago. And I'm sure most of you know what my opinion on that is going to be. I've hinted at that many times uh, through this podcast. But yeah, it was a great discussion with JD, especially with him not being like a, a huge fan of Cowboy Bebop and then me being a considerable fan of Cowboy Bebop, but kind of sharing similar thoughts and sentiments on how we felt about the show. So if you have a chance, please go check it out. It should be live now. Um, again, that's Anime Brothers, and we were talking about Cowboy Bebop live action. Yes, and for those who um, tuned into our episode 50, Anime Brothers had joined us for that episode. I'll, I'll mention it in just a little bit, um, but uh, yeah, we, we've been collabing with them for a little bit now, and it's always a great time whenever we get to talk to JD or Earthworm. Yeah, definitely. And for our patrons out there, um, just a, remi- a reminder that I also have my solo review of Cowboy Bebop available for all of you on Patreon. So if you haven't checked that out yet, please do. They are great companions together, and they will probably give you some semblance of closure after watching the mess that this live action turned out to be. <laughs> nope. <laughs> well, okay, let's let's dive into the discussion for today's episode, which is, again, the best and worst of 2021 anime. Um, Super subjective, no surprise there, but we wanted to um, go over a couple things like ground ground rules and stuff before we jump into that, so I'm just going to get right into it. Um, As we mentioned earlier, this is technically the last episode of Strictly Anime for the year. And forever. No, <laughs> thankfully not forever, just for 2021, um, although we'll be back first thing uh, 2022, no no break in between. But I thought it'd be fun to do a little reflection of our podcast over this year. A um, year in review? Yeah, there you go. And I think if this works out well, I'd, I'd love to wrap up every single year with this type of year-end reflection on anime, um, the best and worst of. But I pulled some stats, some fun little things to to mention about Strictly Anime from 2021. And first off, we put out 55 episodes this wow. year, which includes our Attack on Titan special event um, and us moving from bi-weekly episodes to weekly episodes. Our most popular episode was episode 57, which is our favorite anime OPs and EDs. No surprise there. That was probably... I mean, I enjoy recording all of these episodes, but that one I think I had the most fun recording just because mm-hmm. the hype that you get talking about, you know, an, an OP or an ED or a song that just is such a fucking banger. Or even the nostalgia. Yeah. Of it. Oh, yeah, because we had a lot of good, like, old school anime, too. Um, that was really fun. And I'm glad that came across really well because people, people really um, seem to enjoy that episode. Our most listened to episode is actually episode 41, Tokyo Revengers Part 1. Mm-hmm. And no surprise there, because Tokyo Revengers was hot, hot, hot this year. And uh, I think our, our discussion was well-received, well um, I think, for both Part 1 and Part 2. And I did go back in there, and I updated it to say Season 1, Part 1, and Season 1, oh, Part 2. I do see that. We did get a, a recent confirmation that Tokyo Revengers Season 2 is confirmed for Thank Sunday. Thank God, that cliffhanger... <laughs> was was crazy 
Yes, yes, it was. And then lastly, um, I did want to give a, a quick shout out to all of the guests that we had on the show. Um, so as we mentioned earlier, Anime Brothers podcast was on episode 50, which was legendary or just hype, our takes on popular anime characters. We had our good friend Aaron from Under the Bun on both episodes 28 and 38, reviewing Code Geass. We had Otaku Melancholy podcast on episode 29, the 2021 Crunchyroll Anime Awards. And over at Strictly JoJo, we had our very first guest, actually recently, um, like a week or two ago, Anime Headliners Podcast joined us to talk about our favorite Joe Bros. So thank you so much to um, everyone at those podcasts for collabing with us this year. Um, you guys were a lot of fun to chat with and made our show even better with your presence. Yeah, thank you so much. That was a lot of fun having you guys. So now on to ground rules for today's topic, because I want to just, I wanted to put these two things out there really quick. Um, this is not, we're not approaching this best and worst of as like an award show or a ranking. It's really just the best and worst of the things we watched in 2021. Um, it's, it's only from the anime that we actually watched because we don't want to talk about something that we don't know anything about. That just seems unfair or maybe a bit, a bit misleading. Um, and then we're only counting anime that completed in 2021. So for example, Attack on Titan Final Season Part 1, we're considering a 2021 anime, even though it started in 2020, I think like December 2020. Mm -hmm. um, because again, like that, that part finished in 2021. On the flip side, we would not consider Demon Slayer Season 2 2021 anime because it just recently started and it's not actually going to complete until next year, 2022. Sorry, it's like a lot of 2020s. Um, so that includes JoJo, Stone Ocean. Correct. We will okay. not be talking about or including Stone Ocean in any of these best and worst um, categories, I guess you could say, just because it's not finished. And, you know, we could claim that it's the best anime of the year and then it ends up being shit because they, you know, screw something up. God forbid that happens. I do not think that's ever going to happen because David production is amazing. It's just purely for example. But again, we only feel right talking about anime that has completed so that we have full context and we feel we can actually comment on the show or the season in its entirety. You hear that, Crunchyroll? I know. This stems from, <laughs> yeah, for anyone who um, didn't tune into our Crunchyroll Anime Awards uh, discussion with Otaku Melancholy, um, this stems from Jujutsu Kaisen being voted anime of the year when it was only half finished. And I'm like, that that just seems unfair. Although part of me feels like there's some conspiracy here because it's the Crunchyroll Awards mm -hmm. and Jujutsu Kaisen was premiering on Crunchyroll. They had the rights. Little nepotism. <laughs> A little product placement. Um, so yeah, we, we just want to be as fair as possible when we're talking about something super subjective, like what we liked and disliked, I guess, in anime. So last thing, I thought it'd be helpful um, because we don't always talk about everything that we watch. I thought it'd be helpful to do a quick rundown of all of the anime we watched in 2021. Yes, it's a long list. I'm going to go really fucking fast here, but it's just a refresher for everyone to have an idea of what we witnessed. All right, here we go. Deep breath. We are starting off with Gintama the Final, Gintama the Semifinal, High Rise Invasion, Yashahime Season 1, Mushoku Tensei Season 1, uh, sorry, part one, Promise Neverland season two, Jujutsu Kaisen season one, Attack on Titan the final season part one, Wonder Egg Priority, Horimiya, Way of the House Husband, Koikimo, Those Snow White Notes, Vivi Fluorite Eyes Song, 
Combatants will be dispatched. 86 Part 1. Joran, the Princess of Blood and Snow. Don't Toy With Me, Nagatoro. Hikehiro. Fruits Basket, The Final. Osamake. Star Wars Visions, Yasuke. Bottom tier character, Tomazaki. I can do this. Words Bubble Up Like Soda Pop. My Hero Academia, World Heroes Mission. My Hero Academia Season 5, To Your Eternity, Kanojo Mo Kanojo, Tokyo Avengers Season 1, The Detective is Already Dead, Remake Our Life, Uramichio Nissan, Sunny Boy, Fena, Pirate Princess, Gambare Doki-chan, Deji Meets Girl, Mieruko-chan, Tact, Opt, Tact, Opt, Destiny, fuck, I knew I was going to mess that one up. Komi Can't Communicate Season 1, because we did get a confirmation on Season 2 just like a hot second ago, Taicho Maiden Fairy Tale, and My Senpai is Annoying. Okay, so please take we, we also wanted to call out stuff that was still on our watch list because um I think there's some that we missed out on that people are gonna be like, eh, why isn't us on the list? Um so you wanna read this super short list really quick? Yeah, I didn't even realize that we watched that much anime this year. Holy shit. I'm but... proud of us. You know what I like <laughs> well, to I know have you a... watched a lot a uh, little bit more a <laughs> lot more than I did, but still. Hey, I wanna have a good grasp on how anime is each year. So it's a it's a pretty solid list. And comparatively, the anime we still have on our watch list, which is not a lot. Um, we have Odd Taxi, Black Clover, Super Crooks, Summer Ghost, Sing a Bit of Harmony, and Jujutsu Kaisen Zero Movie. I think I also mentioned Haike Monogatari. Um, oh, yeah. From our fall fall impressions. Um, I don't know if we should add that to this list. That's fair. So, but yeah, I, I thought it'd be um, nice to just mention that really quick because Summer Ghost, Sing a Bit of Harmony, and Jujutsu Kaisen Zero movie, I cannot talk this fast, um, are, have not been released in the US. Uh, and then Odd Taxi, I know people fucking love Odd Taxi and have been recommending it left and right, and we just have not been able to squeeze it into our schedule. I'm hoping, though, we can squeeze it in right at the beginning of next year before winter 2022 ramps up because I really do want to watch it. I've heard amazing things about it. So unfortunately, we can't include it in our best and worst categories, um, but uh, we'll we'll pay our respects to it for sure next year. With all of that said, let's finally fucking get into it. We have several categories here. We limited ourselves to literally just one best and one worst because knowing us, we always have like, well, you know, I also wanted to mention this one and here were our runner-ups and stuff. But no, to, to really be fair here, we just could pick one. That's it. I was adamant about that. And it was very <laughs> difficult for me, to be honest. Well, I think for one of the categories, I had a toss-up between two. Oh, I had a toss-up between a lot of them, but one in particular. If so it's like one you really have to mention, that's fine. That's fair. Whatever. Okay. Um, so we'll start off with protagonist. Best and worst protagonists that we witnessed in 2021. Do you want me to go first? Do you want me to go first? Um, You can go first. Okay. <laughs> Ladies first. So for protagonist, I would say best protagonist is Gintoki. Sakata Gintoki oh from Gintama. God. Hey, I I love Gintoki. We started watching this show this I year. I binged. Okay, yes. For anyone who's not familiar, I binged all of Gintama. So similar to um, like, what was the other one? Oh, like Jojo Part 5. I, I started watching Jojo literally as Jojo Part 5 was ending. It's the same thing here with Gintama. I started watching Gintama literally like two days after the show ended with Gintama the final. <laughs> I was like, you know what? I'll just catch up really quick. And I blew through it in like two, three months. Um, And yeah, I love Gintoki. And the way Gintama ended 
with Gintama the final and Gintama the semifinal just solidified how great of a protagonist Gintoki is because he's just a little bit of everything. He's serious. He's funny. He doesn't give a shit half the time, but he's very, very capable. So yeah, my best is going out to him. On the flip side, my worst protagonist is going to Naoya from Kanojo Mo Kanojo because that guy's mm. fucking stupid. <laughs> and I hated him. Well, I didn't hate him, but he was really, really annoying. Um, for anyone who's not familiar, the premise of Kanojo Mo Kanojo is that this main character, Naoya, is dating this girl, the girl of his dreams. And he comes across this other girl who's like, you know, someone else that he could see himself with. So he selfishly goes up to his current girlfriend and asks if it's okay to be in a polygamous relationship and so that he can date both her and this new girl. And yeah, he he admits multiple times in the show that he's selfish. And I'm like, yeah, you are, but that doesn't make it any better. So yes, he he just frustrated me for the episodes that I watched of Kanojo Mo Kanojo. Okay, I I agree with your worst protagonist, <laughs> the best. <laughs> Still questionable, but I can I can agree with it a little bit. All right, well, well, give us your your best and worst protagonist. Okay, my best, and this probably comes as no surprise, is emo Aaron Yeager from Attack on Titan: The Final mm-hmm, Season. Mm-hmm. I think it's mostly because we've followed Aaron so much, like throughout. It's been ten years, I want to say, or about ten years, um, that we followed Aaron Yeager's story. And, you know, from those first three seasons, we've only seen him as kind of this like whiny protagonist who, like most shonen protagonists, wants to do better. By the time we reach season four, without kind of spoiling too much, um, he does reach that point and he's more comfortable in his strength and and his abilities. He's OP, dude. Yeah. (laughs) He just like got OP out of nowhere. But then there's like a huge about face where he suddenly matures and has this really depressing worldview after certain revelations in the story um, that happened in season three. And so I think you know, combining all of those seasons together and really seeing what Aaron has become, he's he's become this very complex and kind of multifaceted character. And it just makes me really eager to see what his end goal, his end game is going to be now that we are on the eve of part two of the final season. He's just a typical millennial. We all started <laughs> off really um, optimistic about life, and then we hit a certain point and realized life is not what we thought it was, and now we're all depressed. Yeah, so I guess we, we could identify with emo Aaron in that regard, and we've grown up with him, so now we're going to continue growing with him <laughs> till the very end. Uh, my worst protagonist for 2021, and I think this might be a hot take. Uh-oh is Takemichi from Tokyo Revengers. Oh, wow. I think I know why, but wow, I'm surprised you actually put that. Yeah, and I, I'm pretty steadfast in this. <laughs> Besides the fact that he's, he cries a lot, I know like he's called the crybaby hero of the show, but as much as he he completes what he needs to complete, like he has certain objectives throughout the show, and he gets to them, and then that like... He gets that confidence boost, but then something else happens, like another obstacle comes in his way, and he just he he just breaks down again, like physically and mentally. <laughs> um, it's kind of like the adage of like one step forward and two steps back, and it just screamed too much of that shonen protagonist cliche for me that I I couldn't get behind. I, like I'm still one hundred percent behind what he's trying to do and the things that he's trying to change. But I just don't agree with the way he's doing it. 
Is he doing it though? I mean, to be fair, that that would be my my sticking point with Takamichi is that, you know, he says he's going to do these things and then he doesn't do them even when the moment is yeah. critical. Um and that is frustrating to watch. I completely agree. Uh so I I can see where you're coming from putting him as the worst protagonist of 2021 <laughs> <laughs> who knows maybe he'll become the best protagonist of 2022 with season two of tokyo revenge let's hope so <laughs> we'll see all right so now on to antagonist uh, my best antagonist of 2021 uh maybe no surprise is sukuna from jujutsu kaisen mm. because i just think he's great he's very unexpected he I'm trying to be good about spoilers. He's basically the most powerful curse out there, but half the time he doesn't give a shit enough to do anything. Like he realizes his situation and he's kind of waiting things out. He's kind of letting like everything play out so that he can strike when the what's the, what's the saying? Strike when the iron's hot or whatever. What the fuck? Isn't that, is that like I've a really never, old saying? Yeah. <laughs> is that really a granny? Strike at the opportune moment. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, he's. I enjoy his approach to being an antagonist and the way he kind of messes with Itadori um, at just the right moments, right moments for Sukuna anyway. So yeah, I really enjoy him and he, there's a lot of mystery around him and a lot of potential that I still, that I feel has still gone unseen at this point in the show. So yeah, he's very promising. My worst antagonist uh, of 2021 is definitely Akito from Fruits Basket. Jesus Christ, Akito gets away with being a shitty human being left and right. I mean, some of the stuff that, that Akito does is pretty insane. I mean, you literally walked in on me watching this in the living room where my my jaw was dropped. You walked in on like one Did of the I? most insane moments and my jaw physically dropped. And you looked at me and you're like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Oh, I remember this moment. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I can't tell you. It's, it's super spoilers. But man, this fucking antagonist, dude. So yes, that, that goes out to Akito from Fruits Basket. Really quick before I go through my list, um, I don't know a fucking thing about Akito, so I don't have <laughs> anything to say about that. Um, Tsukuna, I agree with your, with what you were saying. Um, I've compared Jujutsu Kaisen to Harry Potter, so I'm going to do the same thing here. Tsukuna is kind of like Voldemort, where you don't really see him a lot during the series, but every time he does appear, he just has that commanding presence. And you know that he he is a huge threat in this world, similar to, you know, Voldemort. You speak speak his name, or people are too afraid to speak his name. I feel like you get the same vibes from Sukuna. Um, so I know we didn't really again get to see him too much in season one. Hopefully that will change with season two, whenever that's announced. I don't remember if it's been announced, um, but yeah, that's what I had to say about Sukuna. So my best antagonist for 2021. In the same vein as Aaron Yeager, I put Zeke or the Beast Titan from Attack on Titan, the final season. Just as with Aaron, we we were introduced to Zeke, um, I think, in season three or parts of a little bit of season two. I, I can't remember. It's been so long. It's hard yeah. to keep track. And he was obviously like very mysterious back then. But with this final season, we got a lot more insight and depth into his character and backstory. And it, it makes him more of a sympathetic and complicated villain rather than being this one-dimensional enemy that we've always viewed um, the, these opposing titans as. Um, and in season four, we, we do get insight into his sort of twisted worldview and this end goal that he's trying to achieve by any means necessary, which still makes him a very dangerous person. 
And it'll just as with Aaron's journey, it'll be fascinating to see where where his journey ends up and how his story will be concluded in this final part of season four. The worst antagonist I will have to say for 2021 is actually from Yasuke. Um, it's this priest named Abraham, and I have a lot of issues with Yasuke. And I've mentioned before that it's they could have there was so much potential with the story and they just threw in so many anime and fantasy cliches and that's the same thing with abraham he's just this very cliche villain with cliched anime powers who has just a cliched yearning for power that watching him on screen i i could care less that he he was there (laughs) that's the best way i can describe him I know I wish I, well, I don't wish I watched Yasuke, but I wish I knew more about it so I could comment on that. It's interesting though. Yeah. Next up is supporting character. So best supporting character of 2021. I have to give this, oh my God, I would cry, to Gugu from To Your Eternity. Ooh. Best, just like best supporting character with the way that Gugu helps, um, I think, really propel Fushi's journey because Fushi's met a lot of people up until the point where he meets Gugu. And it's not until he meets Gugu that really things change for him. And he becomes a, like a, a very developed, you know, person at that point, Fushi. Um, mm-hmm. And their relationship is really sweet, too. Uh, you know, the, the whole time that we go through that arc. Um, it's very difficult to not spoil anything. But yes, Gugu is just everything. He's super sweet. He's super positive no matter what he goes through. And again, he he really is a huge, um, a huge mentor and inspiration for for Fushi, and and just pushes the story forward by a mile. And it's surprising because Gugu, I believe he's of younger age than Fushi is, but he still serves as this. In a way, he still serves as this sort of mentor figure. I think to he. Fushi. I could be wrong, but I think Gugu even considers himself Fushi's older brother. Right. Yeah. Which I is think just, he mentioned it's that. It's funny. <laughs> But I would say, okay, so then my my worst supporting character um, for 2021 goes to Annette Penrose from 86 Part 1. This is going to be really hard to explain <laughs> why without fucking spoiling a huge plot oh, twist. Okay. Um, but yes, for anyone who – I'll not dive into it just because I, I really don't want to go into that level of spoiler. But for anyone who's watched 86 Part 1, you know why Annette is the worst supporting character. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. Man, this is going to be really hard to go through. <laughs> no, I, I understood right away why <laughs> you think Annette's the worst. <laughs> yeah. So on my end, for best supporting character of 2021, I got to give it to Draken from Tokyo Revengers. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> Not just because he has that really nice Viking braid and uh, tattoo on the side of his head. I He, he does have a really great character design. He and, does. And his vest, or not his vest, his his jacket. I don't know what you call it. It's iconic. It's the Draken fit. Like, yes. And then there's that one episode where they go into his room and there's just a bunch of variants <laughs> hanging on the on the thing. Like that's all he wears. Again. Yeah, and it's it's all similar patterns. Um, it's it's very meta, I guess, in a in a <laughs> anime. Um, but I think the show, I think Takamichi mentions on the show that. Draken is sort of like the heart and soul of the Tokyo Manji gang. And he is the person that kind of serves as a moral compass for its leader, Mikey, before Mikey, or 
before Mikey can even consider like going off the deep end, um, which is very strange for a gang. Like typically, you think of gangs as ruthless and and just nonconformist and and criminal, but here it feels like Draken is sort of in the same vein of like Don Corleone of the Godfather, where he's not the head of the gang, but he knows how to be respectful and and proper in in the gang's activities. So. I think Draken, he's played a very integral role throughout season one. And I, he just he's the symbol of humanity, I would say, for the gang. Yeah, he's uh, a great supporting character for both Mikey and Takemichi. And so for my worst supporting character, this is also from Tokyo Avengers, but I guess you could call it group of characters. And that is Takemichi's background friends. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> besides um besides Akun oh, like the, God, with Akun. the red hair like you have these i think it's three other friends and i don't even know their names yeah and either. one of them i always confuse it cuz he, he has the same hairstyle as Mikey just slightly like more of a dirty blonde but i i feel like they serve no real purpose besides being like wannabe toman or toman members <laughs> uh, and i know like at some points uh, throughout the story, like they help out Takemichi, uh, but they still suck ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you go through a whole season and we still don't know any of your names, I think that's pretty telling. <laughs> yeah, like get new friends, Takemichi. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> All right, up next we have best and worst OPs of 2021. I don't think there's going to be any surprise here. And you know what? There's a good chance this is going to be your best OP as well. It's Tokyo Avengers yes. Cry Baby by official Hige Dandism, if I'm saying that correctly. Um, I mean, it just fucking works. If you listen to our episode, um, episode 57. Yeah. Let's go. Which is our that. favorite <laughs> anime OPs and EDs. We talked. Like just the like we talked all things Tokyo Avengers, Crybaby, and how it's a it's a fantastic OP, just a great fit for the show and a banger on its own. So yeah, unique sound. The the visuals don't spoil anything. It's just great shots of the gang, and they used it through the whole season. Yes, I was like thank you, such a smart choice because it's like uh, Gurenge from Demon Slayer. Mm-hmm. I just nothing will ever compare. Same thing here. So we'll see what what OP they come up with for a season two of Tokyo Avengers. But I don't know. This is a really tough one to top. Yeah, I would hope that they go like the Hunter Hunter route and kind of stick with it because I can't think of something else that would serve as a better OP for Tokyo Avengers. Definitely. Um, on the flip side, the worst OP I'm of wondering 2021. If we have the same one. Oh, maybe. Um, I've got to give it to Mieruko chan, which oh. is Mienai Karane uh, by Miko Yotsuya. I just, <laughs> I do not like that song. Like, it could be good if they got rid of the panic parts where like the singer is panicking, um, where she's saying like Mo Yamate, like she. She's just like freaking out in the beginning of the song. You're looking at me like you're very confused. Yeah, you yeah, know, I remember. And at the end yeah. of the song, she's like freaking out, which I get because it's supposed to embody the main character as she's panicking because there's these ghosts that she can see. But it just doesn't work. It just, it just doesn't work. And I couldn't stand listening to it. And it's an OP. I skipped every episode, or I'd say let's skip it every episode because yeah, I just didn't enjoy it at all. <laughs> um, yeah. What What about you? <laughs> I kind of like Miracle Chan's OP, but all right, I I thought you were gonna have this on the list, and it, it probably 
you'd probably still consider it one of the worst. But my worst OP. Wait, so was your best the same as mine, Tokyo Revengers? Yes, it's okay. yeah. My best is Crybaby by Official Higedandism from Tokyo Revengers. My worst is Merry Go Round by Man with a Mission oh! from My Hero Season Five. Yeah, I forgot about that one. Yeah, that that's that was yeah. No, I didn't like that one. Like Man with a Mission, they've done Vinland Saga's I think second OP, and that was great. This one, it just crashes and burns. I think especially because of the Carousel part. I can't. I, can't, I know it's a Japanese band, but I just can't forgive how awkward that part it sounds. is pretty cringe yes and not only that just visuals wise we mentioned this in our my hero review it's just your standard my hero shonen op you could put this in a line of my hero ops and you probably wouldn't know which one is from season five i have to say like i get the vibe they're going for with both the visuals and the song like you know very badass because that part of the season was pretty intense but it felt a little try hard um, and, and so it just didn't come across. It just didn't click for me. Yeah. And the carousel. And the carousel. <laughs> <laughs> well, best and worst ED. I'm curious to know if we have some overlap here as well, but my best. I don't think we do. Really? Okay. Okay. We'll see. We'll see. My best ED of 2021 has to go to Uramichi Onisan, which is Dream On by Mamoru Miyano. This this mm. ED fucking slaps. The visuals are so stylistic and cool. Um, the the song is just a vibe, and it doesn't even make any sense for the show. It doesn't it doesn't technically fit, but like it works well enough where I'll take it, and I never skipped it. It was really really good. I still have to get over the fact that it's like Yagami's VA who's yeah. singing it. Um, I, it's funny, like the the bouncing. I don't know what you call it, like the bouncing balls in the beginning. Like you, you take the OP from that song or from that, that show, which is supposed to mimic a kid's TV show, and then you put it next to the ED. And I'm like, where did this ED come from? This makes no sense. Like, again, it, it works pretty well for the show, but like it's not at all what I would have expected. But I was pleasantly surprised, and I very much look forward to that ED every single week when that was airing. My worst ED of 2021 goes to Horimiya, which the show was great. I love the show, but I did not care for that ED. It's Yakusoku by Friends. And I just, like, song-wise, it was nothing to write home about. It was more the visuals that were off-putting for me because it was this weird, like, Lego or, like, Polly Pocket type of vibe. And there's a 90s throwback for you, anyone who knows Polly Pocket. Polly Pocket. Yeah, yeah, I had a lot of Polly Pockets when I was a kid. Um, but that's what it it is. Almost kind of like Polly Pocket meets Habo Hotel for more throwbacks, you know, throwing throwing all these throwbacks I don't know at what you. That is. You know what Habo Hotel is? No. Wait, Google it really quick and tell me you still don't know what Habo Hotel is. Habo Habo Hotel, H A B B O. The the online game? Yeah. No, I've never heard of oh, this. Oh man. Okay. Well, anyway. The, so like Club Penguin. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, like that kind of thing. Um. Oh man. Yeah. So it, it feels like Habo Hotel Polly Pocket form. And I just, it was weird. It didn't fit the show. Like maybe they're trying to be stylistic by having something very, very unique, but they didn't need that. Like the show was very simple and it was just very distracting. And I, I skipped that ED with the quickness. So for my best and worst ED, yeah, I had two different things. <laughs> so this one, you probably already know. And I'm sure one of our patrons knows as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Emily. <laughs> um, my best ED for 2021 has to go to Lost in Paradise by Ali 
from Jujutsu Kaisen. No surprise there. You were so <laughs> upset when they took it off of Spotify for a bit. And guess what? It's back on Spotify. I think the band got back together after their indefinite hiatus. Because of some scandal with yes. old people and money. But it don't matter. The funk is back. And again, th- this this ED stylistically does not fit in anywhere with Jujutsu Kaisen. But it still slaps. It, it's it's kind of like... It's like a very colorized, like a clothing commercial, compared to you know the the dark themes of well, Jujutsu Kaisen. Well, I mean, Kaisen. at one point Nobara is shopping, so yeah. And you know there are so many great parodies of this uh, ED out there on the internet. There were some for Attack on Titan or for JoJo. I think I, I forget. There's other series as well, but man. Like, whenever this comes on on my playlist, I just got a groove to it. So, yeah, Lost in Paradise has been found in paradise on the music streaming services. <laughs> <laughs> and my worst ED for 2021 also comes from Jujutsu Kaisen, and it's the song Give It Back by Koshu Nye. Because the singer just has that really shrill voice right when the key changes, and it always... it hurts my ears it's cringe it's cringe visually it's great i i think it's a really cool kind of like you know they're doing like the cell phone shit or whatever um but yeah i i did not enjoy listening to that i wanted to watch it so we just needed to like put it on mute and just watch the visuals (laughs) every time the the show ended and i get it i think when they introduced this second ed the that part of the story was a little bit more mature like with had more of a mature and dark theme but, you know, you go from the funky Soul Train segment that is lost in paradise to uh, this very melodramatic song and, and these, I call it standard ED visuals because, again, comparing it to Lost in Paradise and it just did not hit right for me. That's fair. That's fair. I, I would agree with that. Um, but soundtrack-wise, because soundtrack is our next category, I'm curious to know how you feel about this because you are the music guru and i sometimes don't even notice the music in anime Mm -hmm. (laughs) but i wanted to try my hand at this one so uh next category is soundtrack best and worst um of 2021 and i would give best to those snow white notes because i don't know anything about the shamisen and we watched this anime which is about the shamisen it is a music anime so maybe it's a little unfair to give the best to that but i don't think it is and I really enjoyed it. I, I I appreciate that that show used full or what felt like full songs um, in most of the episodes to really highlight the the beauty and the variety and the range of the shamisen. And I, I just, I knew surface level about this instrument. And I'm not saying I'm an expert after watching the show, but I, I can now see the, the beauty behind this instrument because of the different ways they used that sound. Like there were some... Um, obviously a lot of traditional songs that they used, but they also had segments where like a group would be playing something more modern, um, something more upbeat. And it was just kind of cool to see that variety. And I'm pretty sure a lot of the songs that you they use in the shamisen performances on the show are actual like shamisen pieces, kind of like I would equate them to hearing classical pieces on a piano. And yeah, the great thing about the soundtrack is that it is so well intertwined with the visuals on the show and like props to the animators and the director for 
really conveying like the music and expressing it in a way that the audience can find it tangible. It's almost, it kind of like makes me think how a music anime can resonate with manga readers when you don't have the music actually in Mm -hmm. that media. Um, But yeah, I I think this was, the show itself, you know, take it or leave it, but the music was was very, very nice. Um, I would say the worst soundtrack of 2021, to be honest, I'm kind of phoning this one in because I am not a music guru like you are um but i gave it to gambare doki chan only because hmm. that show I, the music was forgettable um and it was a show that had six minute episodes i think they were a full 12 episodes but they were only like five to six minutes each and like at least a minute of the, and a half of that was taken up by what was sometimes the op and sometimes the ed so yeah, I don't know. Forgettable music, so I just gave it to Gambare Doki-chan. Well, that's the one where it's like five minutes an episode, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Where the chick is <laughs> trying you, to... So it's you like barely, a barely hear the music anyway. Exactly. That's why I'm like, I mean, is there even music? I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember. Well, for my soundtrack choices, I went a little more epic, I guess. Oh. <laughs> I didn't really... I for, totally forgot about those Snow White notes, and I, I agree that the... The soundtrack there was great. Um, but for my best soundtrack for 2021, <laughs> this is going to go, uh, this show's going to get away with so many like Strictly's. <laughs> Strictly's. Hey, it's not an like award our, show. Yeah. It's just but if what we were, enjoyed and maybe didn't enjoy or yeah. what was the best and worst of what we watched. But I think this would be a hat trick because it's the third time I've mentioned it. Uh, best soundtrack for 2021, I got to give it to Attack on Titan, the final season. Um, so props to the composers, Hiroyuki Sawano and Kota Yamamoto. Specifically, Ashes on Fire. Wait, not Ashes on the Fire, which is like... I thought you said like Ash is on fire. Like Ash from <laughs> no. um, Pokemon, Ash Ketchum is on fire. No, like, like, <laughs> at, like you know, the, the thing that, the soot that comes from flames. Ashes. Yes, Ashes <laughs> on the Fire, which was, I think it was first introduced in the very first first like teaser for the final season and it's just such an orchestral epic i think it, it's almost like the avengers theme for this final season oh yeah you're right uh and i funny enough uh, i think i showed you a week ago um there's a youtube video that came out about a year ago and it's called all i want for christmas is attack on titan and it, it <laughs> combine it matches up um, All I Want for Christmas is You by Mariah Carey with the, the I guess, the climax or the, the chorus, I guess you could call it, of Ashes on the Fire. And it just works very well because they're in the same exact key. It's so stupid. I love it. It's one of those <laughs> things where you listen to it, you're like, this is dumb as fuck, but it's so brilliant. Mm-hmm. You, if, if you haven't heard it, go to YouTube. What, what's the title again? All I Want for Christmas is Attack on Titan. It's so <laughs> fucking funny. It's just dumb in the best way and timely because uh, Christmas is tomorrow as yeah. of today's recording. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, this will go live past Christmas. Please but... play it for my family. Just put the song on. Let them think that it's uh, going to be Mariah Carey and then it yes. just suddenly becomes dark <laughs> and dreary. <laughs> um, but besides that piece, like the score in the final season it, I feel like it sounds just so much more cinematic and grand this time around, probably because it is the final season. Um, again, comparable to watching like an MCU film and hearing the scores of those films by those great composers. And it still incorporates 
certain motifs from past seasons um, during key scenes. So it's nice that it, it kind of harkens back to like those past seasons and our memories of what happened in those past seasons. The worst soundtrack for 2021, and I kind of feel bad for this because the composer is is great, is My Hero Academia Season 5, the composer of which was uh, Yuki Hayashi. And this is because the soundtrack and the score, it sounds so generic and recycled. Like, I couldn't tell this apart from any other... Um, score that was done in previous seasons and you know i feel like there are certain standout pieces with each season like with season one you had you say run which i, I think has almost become this sort of exercise anthem in anime, <laughs> at least for me workout um, anthem yeah and then there's also i think there's one that's considered bakugo's theme which was used in like the, the previews of i think season two but i don't think there was really anything in this season that stood out for me um and like I said, the nothing here sounded new or unique. It as as standard as the OP was for My Hero season five. I felt like the score was just as standard as well. It was on par with the season itself. Yeah, to be frank. Next category is animation. So my my best animation, my my pick for best animation um, in twenty twenty one has to go to Fena Pirate Princess which was Oh really? Okay, perfect. So we're we're on par there. So yeah, double double votes then for Fena which was the Crunchyroll Adult Swim collab that came out late summer, right? Yes. Kind of like early fall. And you know, I have a lot of things that I love about Fena. Um I would say the the standout though for this show and what really caught the eye of a lot of people in the anime community was the animation. I mean, smooth as silk. It is just phenomenal animation through and through. I I never, you know, obviously my eyes can't catch everything, but I felt like I never saw a single frame that looked weird. It just was absolutely fluid. I will say though, episode 11 was a little bit meh. You could tell there was a dip in animation quality, probably, you know, a situation of budget or production schedule, but otherwise every other episode, absolutely flawless. The, the fight scenes too were so cool when they introduce, I think it's like Yuki Maru's first fight or first official fight when they're um, being attacked by the lady pirates in like episode two or three. That made its rounds um, throughout the anime community on Twitter, on Instagram. I saw it on Reddit because it just looked so good. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely have to give it to Fena. It was phenomenal. Yeah, and besides the points that you mentioned, I also have to call out the the character design. Um, was It was very varied, varied uh, and different with each character. And I think it's... we talked about before how the characters almost look like um, certain characters from Samurai Champloo. There's no coincidence there because I think it was the same character designer for Samurai Champloo who worked on Fena. But yeah, like I think each... they say Fena looks very much like Fu, and Yukimaru looks very much like Jin. And then mm-hmm. there was a guy in the first episode yeah. who pops up again who basically looks like Mugen. Um, he doesn't play a significant like... he doesn't play a significant part, but he uh, he does pop up from time to time. Yeah, I think it was supposed to be like the person that Fena was supposed to be. Like betrothed to yeah. or whatever. Yeah. But, I don't know. Minor character. Yeah. And it's just great that they all have very distinct designs. And in that same vein, you can kind of connect with each character on a different level. 
And just besides that, like the luscious colors of the show, the light and like the lens flares that kind of happen. The environments yeah. were amazing. It makes this feel more like a Disney feature film. Yeah, yeah. And formatted for TV, which is just insane. Um, I also have to comment on like the, there was a visual choice that they did for um, one of the characters has like a dream sequence and it feels very much like a watercolor painting in the way that's designed. So very good attention to detail there. And overall, Fena was just gorgeous to look at. My worst, my pick for worst, it's, it's, it's weird to like word this. My pick for worst animation of 2021. I'm curious if you have this on your list as well. Mm, I, maybe. No surprise, it's Way of the House Husband, yes. which is just a glorified PowerPoint presentation. Um, the the frames themselves look very clean, but you would expect that when there's literally no animation in between like moments that happen in the show. Um, so it's kind of like a toss up. Like it doesn't look bad, but it's barely animated. It kind of reminds me of like, I've seen clips of Speed Racer where they don't really move. You just see their mouths move. But to be fair, Speed Racer came out a long no, time yeah, ago. No, I, I get in At that point in time, it was, it was great. But fast forward to 2021, you have so much more technology and resources to make a really great show. And then you, you're just left with this. Yeah, and it was just an odd stylistic choice by Netflix's part. I don't know who, who animated it. Was it was JC's staff. JC's staff. Yeah. Um, I know we all say Netflix because whenever they put their name on something, they they immediately get the blame for everything, even though they're just paying for the rights Which to Which they it. do deserve the yeah. blame. <laughs> um, I don't know. I just You tried something new. It didn't work out. And unfortunately, you picked an anime that had a lot of hype around it because mm -hmm. the manga readers were, were definitely hyping this one up um and yeah i don't know it was weird all i have to say because again my best for animation was fena my worst was also uh, way of the house husband with way of the house husband i think the visual aesthetic just does a severe disservice to the high quality of the comedy in the show yeah i agree i very much agree um so now we're moving on to a couple of fun categories uh next up is best and worst waifu of 2021 mm. um i i really enjoyed these next couple of categories i was actually laughing <laughs> earlier today when i was kind of going through my notes um you probably heard me from from the other room i just i don't know why i found this so funny to do but these next ones were a blast for me to pick but for best waifu of 2021 i'm actually going to give it to nobara Kugisaki from mm. Jujutsu Kaisen because she's very unlike a lot of waifus that that we have in anime. She's not cutesy. Um, maybe she has big tits. I don't know because her clothes are pretty like loose on her body. Um, she's she's not sexualized at all, but she's still pretty like legit for waifu material. Um, mm -hmm. She's kind of sundere sometimes. She's very outspoken essentially, but she's also very very capable. Uh, I feel like Jujutsu Kaisen kind of did her dirty, though, because they never really gave her her shining moment. Um, she was always paired with uh, with Itadori and sometimes Fushiguro, I think. So yeah. hopefully in season two, she'll get her shining moment. But we all we already know she's extremely capable and can definitely hold her own. And she's never afraid of anything. So definitely waifu material. And I... I just like her her hairstyle. I don't know why. I like it too. It's actually like very plain, but not plain. Like it's yeah. perfect for her, but it's plain compared to like other characters in the show. But she like she doesn't let that stop her from being more than a plain character. Mm -hmm. 
my pick for worst waifu Oh, God of 2021 um, has to go to Saki Saki from Kanojo Mo Kanojo. You know, I just had to pair Naoya and Saki with, um, you know, the worst lists here because Saki agrees to be in a polygamous relationship with Naoya and the other chick whose name escapes me. And I'm just like, why? And you can tell she's very bothered by it, but she gives in to his begging. And I'm like, why? If you don't like it, just tell him you don't like it. Um, and then, you know weird situations ensue and it's just it is what it is so i give that to saki because you, you didn't like it but you let him do it anyway okay interesting oh <laughs> what were your picks um for best waifu of 2021 and i'm pretty sure this is like my original best waifu um when i got back into anime is mikasa ackerman from attack on titan the final good season pick. good pick <laughs> she is just a princess of east asian descent i don't even know if she is of like asian descent but she is a princess no doubt kind of like mulan like that warrior princess and besides that we see it so many times in past seasons and we see it again here she's very loyal she's very badass even with all the stuff that emo aaron pulls on her and some of that comes into question in this season and it brings up a really interesting dynamic for why mikasa is so loyal and so badass but if i were ever stuck in a situation that required combat i would want her by my side she is an ackerman after all and the ackermans are fucking badass oh yeah in that same vein i guess levi ackerman would also be my best wife of 2021 <laughs> i'll take it i'll take it <laughs> And my worst waifu of 2021, as you mentioned, I actually put those two bitches from Kanojo Mo Kanojo. <laughs> and do I do I really need to explain why? Yeah, it's it's just it is what it is. <laughs> God, that fucking show. Yeah, what, what are they? Oh, it's Saki and Nagisa was the I think the name of the other one. Yeah, I don't know the, the red haired one and the I don't fucking one. care. <laughs> All right, next category, um, of course, is husbando. Oh boy, this was really tough. Because there's a lot of great husbandos out there. Um, a lot of great ones we came across in 2021. But I got to go with my heart. As a true lover of male Sundaday, I picked for my best husbando of 2021, Yukimaru from Fena Pirate oh Princess. Because he God. is the quintessential Sundaday. Like, he... He is he's not morally questionable at all. He's just an angry boy. <laughs> but like he cares about his companions and he cares about Fena like without a doubt. So I love that balance of like there's nothing there that really makes you dislike him. He's just pouty sometimes. And it's great. I just I love mm -hmm. his interactions with everybody in the show. He was just fantastic. Um the show, I don't know, like maybe people will forget about it down the road, but I will never forget Yukimaru. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. <laughs> I guess he's, he's kind of like Mikasa, like very loyal and has his, his training and his abilities in combat. Part of me just felt like he was too generic for my liking, but I do like the aspects of him where like you can see his kind of shyer side, especially when his ears perk up. His ears <laughs> blush. Yes, it's great. It's just great. Let's go, Mailson today. <laughs> um, my pick for worst husbando 
has to go to Porco Galliard from Attack on Titan. Oh god. Yeah. He I mean he's definitely husbando material. I mean, people were were simping over him. He's got that quaff. Yeah, too. yeah, definitely. He's got the quaff. Um he walked in on Peak doing something weird when he walked up the stairs. Like he he is husbando material without a doubt, but it, he's probably one of the worst husbando we, husbandos we've come across because he fucks up. He fucks up, and I won't say more than that, but, like, in the show, he fucks up, and I'm like... Oh, yeah, he did. Ugh. Like, it's frustrating, right? Like, you want to like Porco. You want to you root for him, but sometimes you just can't. And I'll leave it at that because it's pretty big spoilers. You just reminded me um, I should have put Peek as my worst waifu. <laughs> oh, my God. You didn't put her as your worst? That's right. No, I what guess because Kanojo mo Kanojo just made me was so more egregious yeah it just made me much more angrier well for the <laughs> meme for the meme peak is your worst wife we'll say. yeah peak performance my ass <laughs> all right so best husbando for 2021 this was where i had a toss-up between two characters but i think since i mentioned one of them before i'm gonna give it to um the other character i had in mind so best husbando for 2021 is a husbando because it's Tatsu from Way of the House Husband. Oh, shit. I thought you were going to say Levi. I was waiting for it. Uh, yeah, I could say Levi, but he's best waifu in my heart. You're being literal with the category. Yeah. I like that. But like that. it's it's just such an odd story with Tatsu that he he's a former Yakuza boss turned into a house husband. And just the way that he, he treats the chores and errands that um, a person who a stay-at-home like husband or wife has to do like he treats it like it, the code of the yakuza, and just seeing his antics throughout the show while being as proper as he can, like I would want him as my own house husband. He's legit. Like he he's he's the model husband. And I forget what's the VA's name, Kenjiro Suda. Yes, like I just love his voice he's one of my favorite seiyus um to come out of this year and like i could listen to that voice all day <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> and my worst husband though for 2021 and this is gonna be a hot take i know i'm gonna get shit for this Gojo from Jujutsu Kaisen. No, that's fair. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> yes, there are plenty of people out there. There are plenty of Gojo sims. I like know. we all can agree, he's he's husbando material. But I guarantee you, there's a nice, like chunky subset of the Jujutsu Kaisen fandom who would agree with you that he's like the worst husbando. <laughs> and I, I get he's powerful, and I get that he's helped Itadori so much throughout the first season. But honestly, I just think it's people find some sex appeal in him he's hyped which, he's definitely yeah. hyped and the best way <laughs> like i had to put in my notes uh, a quote from aaron from the office where she says i don't get it i'm sorry i just i don't get it <laughs> that's <laughs> that's the best way i can just explain why i feel like gojo's the worst i'm sure he is a again very capable character and we haven't seen his put his true potential like we've seen the shit that he's done in Jujutsu Kaisen and I'm sure we'll continue to see like his true potential throughout the series but I wouldn't consider him husbando material I'm sorry oh I think he's still I think he's husbando material I just think he's like on the bottom of if you were to like tier list this shit he would be on the bottom but that's fair and I I totally see where you're going with that um these next categories though are gonna be kind of awkward or like strange to kind of think about 
Um, it's best girl and best boy. But like when you're talking worst of best boy, I think it's it's us saying this character is definitely a best boy, but similar to like Gojo. If you were to put them in a tier list, they would probably be at the bottom of the best boy or best girl tier list. So by no means are we saying that these characters suck. They're, they're still best boy and best girl material. It's just, you know, were they the best of this year? No. So we'll start with best girl. Um, I, without a doubt, am giving best best girl of 2021 to Hina Tachibana from Tokyo Revengers hmm. because, I mean, she's the reason we're all here. She, you know, doesn't let anything get to her. And if it weren't for her, Takemichi would probably just be the worst character ever. She's his driving force for everything. Um, and I love that she stands up to anyone from any gang and doesn't hesitate to put their shit in place. Yeah, there was that slap heard around the world in one of the first episodes. Yeah, <laughs> that was great. <laughs> that was great. But yes, Hina is best girl. We must protect her. Um, worst best girl of 2021, I have to give to Sayu Ogiwara from Higehiro because she's a great character and she's definitely a best girl. But some of the choices that she makes, not only in the beginning of the show, but throughout the show can be a bit um, sus can be a bit questionable. Um, <laughs> like essentially the, the premise of the show is that she's a runaway who got by for six months or so, um, basically using her body in exchange for a place to stay. Um, but that is a kind of like a reoccurring thing that she has a hard time breaking away from. So she does some things that, you know, she probably shouldn't be doing or wanting to do. Um, and yeah, that's why she's worst best girl. But I still do love Sayu. Interesting. Um, <laughs> Interesting. I thought I thought we were gonna have the same uh, best girl, but I forgot about Hina. <laughs> you can't forget about Hina. Yeah, no. Not to be is... confused with Hina from Domestic Girlfriend. We don't talk about that Hina Tachibana. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> we're over here on the Tokyo Revengers side, okay? <laughs> uh, so best girl I had for 2021 is Komi. From Comey Can't Communicate. Oh, yes. Very she good is also another girl that we must protect at all costs. And I'm just so infatuated with her character design, especially in compar or in contrast to uh, Tadano's, um, where she's just this, this perfect, attractive uh, high school female. A goddess, as they call her. Yeah, a goddess. Thank you. And then she just has like this crippling social anxiety um, that... <laughs> Like she, like I'm just every episode that you watch, you just root for her as she she tries to break out of her shell, and like she just has some great moments too that relate to her her social anxiety. So I'm thinking of the one where she's pretending to talk on a uh, on her cell phone. That and, was really cute. That was like, very yeah, cute. She accidentally calls and you know. Like, <laughs> I got to give props to the voice actor for the very few lines that Komi has in her show, especially when she has, like, the stutter, like, the <laughs> like, <laughs> like, just hearing it, it just, there's just something so wholesome about it. And like I said, you just want to protect this girl at all costs um, because, you know, I think, like, she realizes that she she is a very popular girl, but that still keeps her, like, very down to earth and just with a heart of gold the worst girl i guess the worst best girl of 2021 
um, is from a show that we actually did not finish. Um, the detective is already dead, and that's Nagisa. Um, Wait, she, is that the same name as the character from Connell Jim O'Connell? Yeah, Jim? I just <laughs> realized. Oh, Nagisa's <laughs> everywhere. They suck. Yeah, um, but this one, she was... Wait, who was she? I don't you know, even remember. Yeah, to remind you, she was like the secondary protagonist of the series um, oh. right after the actual detective. Spoiler alert, the detective is already dead. <laughs> um, but like the, the uh, Nagisa, her life is technically saved by the detective, and that's as far as I'll go in that regard. But because of that, um, I feel like she barely holds a candle to Siesta. Um, and I think just watching her interaction with, um, I guess, the sidekick, I forgot his name, but he's like the Watson to Siesta's homes. Um, like, it was just not very interesting. And the whole thing, it's an interesting premise where with the show being called The Detective is Already Dead, it's a spoiler alert in itself. I feel like we didn't get to see the more exciting heroine in action and instead we're left with this secondary one yeah there was absolutely no chemistry between nagisa and i think his name is kimi which is like a play on words um because mm-hmm. his name is kimi hiko kimizuka but he's called kimi um yeah there was no chemistry there and like their interactions were so awkward and i agree she she's sucked <laughs> <laughs> So, again, next category is best boy. Um, my best best boy of 2021 definitely goes to Tara no Kun. Same. You got him too? Okay, yeah. cool. We agree there. He's just so precious. We have to protect him. He's great. I mean, I've never seen someone root Stumpy so... Stumpy boy. <laughs> Stumpy boy. I've never seen someone root so hard for another character the way Tara no roots for. Komi-san supports her and is just so proud of her too. Like, I love those moments where he actually, like, is physically proud of her, whether he's, like, covering his mouth or, like, his starry eyes because she actually makes a new friend or speaks up about something. Um, And, yeah, he's just great. And his character design is so funny. Like, he's a plain boy, and he looks like a plain boy, but he's really cute. Like, his big eyes is just – it's precious, okay? He's very precious. And, like, it's obvious that they're going to be paired up together, but but all of that – Besides, as you said, he's just a really great friend. Um, he's the only one that, at, like, at first is he's the first one to approach Komi and understand like what um, the, are the issues that she's having with communicating, and he's he finds a way to open like find an opening with her, and she he becomes the only one that she can really trust until they meet other friends along the way, and yeah, I just got to give him props again. Even though he's a very stumpy looking boy, he's very stumpy. average. I'm pretty sure his name too is like a play on words. It's like regular person. Yeah. Despite all that, he he manages to find the good in Comey and helps her really shine while he still remains average. <laughs> <laughs> well, my worst best boy of 2021. And again, I still consider him a best boy and I still love him, but he's more towards the bottom of the list and that would be senpai from nagatoro don't get me wrong i fucking Mm. loved nagatoro it was definitely my guilty pleasure of 2021 and i'm so excited for season two but you know senpai he goes through some things with nagatoro and i kind of wonder what kind of person he is you know maybe a little masochistic i don't know but uh yeah I, i i think he's precious i think he's great but 
he also puts up with like maybe a bit too much from Nagatoro, at least in the beginning of the show. So he's going to be my my worst, but I still very much love Senpai. Is it like the sticks and stones can break my bones, but chains and whips excite me kind of boy? I've never heard that before, but it's yes. The, the S&M <laughs> song by Rihanna? Oh, I, I love Rihanna. What? I don't even know why I, don't, I didn't know that. Is Maybe. that what he's like? Yes, 100%. <laughs> I think he's a masochist because, damn, he puts up with a lot of shit from Nagatoro. <laughs> um so i think we agreed best girl of 20 oh wait no which what are we talking boy? oh we're on boy <laughs> i don't know why we're on okay best boy um i also had um tarano yes my worst best boy i don't even consider him a best boy but just okay worst boy is Naoya from Kanojo Mo Kanojo. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. And do I really need to explain why, people? Guys, just know Tata, or ta, Kanojo Mo Kanojo was... Uh, it, it, just be warned if you ever watch it. Well, okay, I guess following the same theme, the next category is Best and Worst Couple or Ship from 2021. Um, if you listened to the Fena Pirate Princess review that we did, no surprise here... My best couple from 2021 was Yukimaru and Fena. Um, yeah, they're just great. They're they're great. Like, it's the whole story is uh, the kind of the subplot of the story is this um, sub ship or secondary ship. Um, it's not even secondary. It's just like secondary to the actual story, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's it's there um, alongside what's what's going on in the main story, and it's just it's great. I love them. Um, I love their interactions. I love their story. I wish we got more of it. But yeah, they were they were perfect. They're so wholesome. I think that's that's why I love them so much. Yeah, I mean, it's all the shit that they have to go through. <laughs> their love or their romantic connection was the one thing that was pretty stable. And I really love characters that have complete opposite personalities. And Yukimaru and Fena were opposite, not only in personality but in like character design. Every facet of them was completely opposite. But, you know, opposites attract, and it worked really well for this couple. My pick for the worst couple or worst ship of 2021 goes to Toa and Riku from Yashahime because there's zero chemistry here. It feels extremely forced, and I don't fucking understand it. Like, it just, I I just don't know where this came from. I don't know why it's here, and I don't think anyone asked for it. So that's about it. I'll leave it at that. I just don't like it. Okay. I, don't I know, know you didn't watch Yashahime, so you're like, who? <laughs> uh, for my best and worst couple, my best couple, I think we've talked about them both at length, is Komi and Tadano from Komi Can't Communicate. Um, we already talked about how they, they have this very unique connection with each other, and that starts to blossom into romantic feelings. And here again... Character design-wise, opposites attract because you got Stumpy Boy and the high school goddess um, in this pairing. And just watching them interact and um, flirt around their feelings for each other, it's it's very cute and very wholesome. It kind of reminds you of like those high school sweetheart stories that Extremely you hear. Extremely wholesome. Yeah. A lot of fluff. It's great. On the very opposite end, the worst couple of 2021 and... I guess it's it's not really a couple, it's a thruple. Oh God! <laughs> it's Naoya and the 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 god awful Menazatra 
the, from, the polygamy that's yeah, happening. Yeah, Kanojo and do I really fucking need to explain why? <laughs> well, well, we'll certainly move on quick from that one. <laughs> yeah, I agree. God, those those three. Um, next category is story, best and worst story of 2021. So now we're getting into like the heavy, heavy categories here because we only have five left. So my pick for best story of 2021, Attack on Titan. I mean, like, come on, <laughs> come on. It's it's literally going down in history as one of the best anime or one of the greatest anime of all time. It, no explanation needed. Um, the worst story for 2021 has to go to Joran, the Princess of Snow and Blood. What the fuck did I watch? Like, visually, it's great. I enjoyed the characters, but... I, I followed the community on this one. Um, I was I was checking out the Reddit discussions because the R anime subreddit does uh, weekly episode discussion threads for like every anime that comes out. So I would follow the Joran one because I was so fucking confused all the time. And I kid you not, I'm being extremely literal when I say there was a plot twist every episode, sometimes mm-hmm. multiple plot twists. How do you even write like that? And then on top of it, they never said what the overall goal was. We ended the show and we were like, what What was? What were we working towards? We didn't even understand what the goal was. It's just things were happening and plot twists were happening. And I'm like, I don't understand. Like, don't get me wrong. I still enjoyed it to a certain degree, but I was extremely confused. And I'm glad I wasn't the only one confused because everyone on the discussion threads were like equally confused and frustrated the way I was. So goes out to Joran um, for the few of us that have watched that show. <laughs> I forgot completely that you watched this, but maybe that's for good Hey, you reason. got lucky. You didn't watch it. It was <laughs> one I watched by myself. <laughs> um, For best story. See, I, I forgot that Attack on Titan was in contention. Was a, a plausible because, but, option. <laughs> yeah, because I feel like that's a given. Um, so <laughs> the, the one that I put for best story for 2021 um, is to your eternity. Oh yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. I that was my that was that was the one I was grappling with. Because mm-hmm. it's just it's a very biblical. I I've used that term a lot to describe to your eternity, but it's a very biblical journey that follows Fushi, and it just explores so many different facets of human nature and how humans treat each other and finding purpose in life and like I think there were probably like three or four arcs and obviously the Google arc hits real hard but even then the the three other arcs that appear they just give you so many emotional feels as well and like I don't think there was any other show in 2021 that was as emotionally as well as story-wise very captivating to to experience my worst story for 2021 is Netflix's Yasuke. Oh, that's a good one. I forgot about that. Again, there was just so much potential for this show. Um, Yasuke is obviously a very important historical figure in um, feudal Japanese history. But the show that they made was just anime cliche after anime cliche. It's like the Netflix executives all got into a room and and wondered out loud, like, how do we make this the most obnoxious anime ever? How do we make this as anime as possible? Yes. <laughs> it did not need to be anime. I would have been satisfied with just watching this 
historical period drama. But what we end up getting is like this very shitty version of, I call it like Lone Wolf and Cub. If anyone's familiar with that story, it's kind of like, like Last of Us or The Mandalorian where it's, it's someone that's helping transport something else or like someone else to a specific point. And it just, it failed miserably. I'm sorry. I recall that people were very excited um, and felt that Yasuke had a lot of promise because the true Yasuke story is really interesting from mm-hmm. what I understand. Um, it's just it's just a shame that it did not pan out at all the way anyone expected or hoped. You know what it's like? It's like, um, was it 47 Ronin? Yeah. Like, obviously, the, the there's the movie that was based on the, the story that came out, like the original like black and white movie and then you have the keanu reeves version which just flips flips the script and becomes this whole fantasy thing that really is too hollywood that's what yasuke is it's it's too hollywood but at least that movie had keanu reeves yasuke i don't yeah. know what it has here okay well they had lakeith stanfield um, his, voicing his performance was bad okay yeah. let's be honest like he was just there for the star power but yeah i don't know i had high hopes for yasuke and it it just didn't pan out all right, next is anime season. The best and worst anime season from this year. I'm giving my best to winter 2021. Same. We started this year off with a fucking bang, and 2022 is looking to be the same. Um, just to read off some of the heavy hitters that we got right at the beginning of this year. Of course, Attack on Titan, Horimiya, Mushoku Tensei, um, Promise Neverland. Um, some of the ones that we didn't even watch, but we know are, are pretty big anime. Doctor Stone, Slime Anime Season Two, ReZero, Wonder Egg Priority. Uh, a lot of heavy, heavy hitters. You also have Redo of Healer for anyone mm. who actually watched that one. Um, Skate Skate Infinity is that how you say it? B Stars. Um, shit. What else? The the Spider Anime. Um, and then there's some other ones too. Oh yeah, we had another. I think it was another season of Cells at Work. And oh, yeah. going down a little bit more here to the movies. Oh, Jujutsu Kaisen was continuing. You had Black Clover. I guess Boruto. Um, Yashahime. Sorry, I just like really want to pay respects to the season because it was really fucking good. It was just a lot. <laughs> That's the the summary of it, right? Yes, and you had Gintama, the final, as well as Evangelion 3 plus 1, Thrice Upon a Time. I didn't watch that one, but I know it's really good. So yeah, it was it was stacked. I mean, just absolutely stacked, and it did not disappoint at all. I think it's because a majority of those productions probably pushed uh, or postponed because of everything that happened in 2020. And so we yeah. got this like whole potpourri of like a feast for your eyes, basically. That's a very good point. Yeah, because I, I had heard that 2020 as a whole was pretty lackluster because of the impacts of everything that was going on. Um, and yeah, I mean, I guess we benefited in the end this year anyway from that, from mm-hmm. all the delays. Um, but yeah, that, that was my, my best. Um, no surprise, the worst I would say was summer 2021. Same. It was just, you know, by comparison, not that exciting. Um, I think the best thing that we watched that came out of summer was probably Fena and Uramichio Nissan. But even then, those weren't like the best of the best this year. So that kind of tells you how that, that season panned out. Yeah, there were just very few diamonds in the rough in summer. 
And I guess you got to give honorable mention to Fall for picking up the pieces. Yeah, so. Fall was good. Fall was like uh, probably number two. Although Spring was good too. I don't know. It's kind of hard to say. But hey, we're not ranking. So we'll just say that they were both uh, really good seasons. All right. So before we get to the the cream of the crop, the the top title here, um, I did want to squeeze in one more category, which is best and worst moments of 2021. And <laughs> <laughs> this is like a very odd category but there were some things that i wanted to talk about so i i just added it in here so my best moment for 2021 anime goes to Uramichi nisan where iketeru laughs uncontrollably at the dick joke it was just the most beautiful <laughs> realistic laughing voice acting performance i've ever come across and for anyone who's not familiar iketeru's voice actor is mamoru miyano who's also the voice actor for light yagami the guy is crazy if you ever see interviews with him or like him on tv shows he's like on crack all the time he just like snorted a bunch of cocaine and then like showed up (laughs) and is doing his thing but he's really good at these these like unique moments and i would say the dick joke moment was very unique if anyone's ever ventured onto the subreddit um contagious laughter is that what it's called yeah that's what it feels like like you're watching a video that's just filled with contagious laughter because i i laughed so hard at that part and every other time i saw it after that it just it it was done very very well and i have to give it some props yeah, it's great because one, Ikateru is just a really stupid character, <laughs> um, and then two, um, I love Uramichi's reaction to hearing Ikateru's dick joke because it's a very like it's a very solemn shot, and it it, it evokes the feeling of like him saying like having this inner thought of like why the fuck am I listening to this guy, <laughs> but then he he capitalizes on that by continuing to tell Ikateru all these dick jokes, and it just makes the scene that much better like it it's a very inconsequential scene too like a lot of the the scenes and happenings in the show are very inconsequential but this one just takes the cake yeah 100 percent. i'll never not laugh when i see that moment uh my worst moment of 2021 anime so i actually have two but i'm wondering if maybe you have one of them on your list so i'm gonna go with wonder egg priority Mm. for anyone who's not familiar wonder egg priority i believe was an anime original that came out earlier this year um i loved it it tackles some very heavy themes in a very unexpected way and the animation is beautiful so it, it started off very very strong but throughout the the show's run there were a lot of production issues i believe some people were even tweeting out about how shitty the the work environment was um and essentially what was supposed to be a 12 episode run ended up being 11 episodes in a recap and then they pushed the 12th or the final episode out by like three months so that they would have time to to finish it off right well that didn't happen because (laughs) holy shit the the 12th episode the final episode was absolute garbage in every possible way the writing was terrible they didn't even really finish the story the animation was just just really really cringe just really bad and we all were absolutely shocked that even after a three month um you know time frame to to finish things off right it still did not pan out it was actually worse than we expected i i gave for wonder egg priority i believe a nine out of ten kind of ignoring some of the production issues um, because you could tell this this team really wanted to do something special here i'm pretty sure i gave it a nine out of ten 
And then I gave the special, which is that 12th episode that came out three months later. Um, I gave it a four out of 10 because it was literally just that bad. It it took what would have been and should have been a fantastic anime and just shat all over it. I was so upset. Oh, my God. So, yes, this is by far the worst or one of the worst moments of 2021 anime. Now, I remember, I think I mentioned this, reading Joey, the anime man's tweets about Wonder Egg. He's like, I Wonder Egg's a fantastic show. Wait, there's a, like this one-off? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Like just hearing the community feedback m- made me feel so bad for people who watched it. Yeah, it, it sucks because, again, like you could feel that the, the creator was putting his heart into it and the team really wanted to make something special, but the production and maybe budget issues just completely derailed that. And that sucks when you put a lot into something that you want to turn out really great and it just doesn't pan out because of what I assume to be that something that's not within their control. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like my worst is probably the second option that you had. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to start with my best, of course, and contrasting from your comedic best moment of 2021 i went with the epic best moment of 2021 and this is hard to talk about because i feel like there's there's kind of spoilers in me mentioning this moment but it's when we see aaron yeager transform into the attack titan at a certain point during attack on titan the final season the big episode like the yes the big moment that everyone was waiting for yes and it just like we've seen Aaron transform so many times before but there was just something really special about the way he transformed in this and just the context of everything leading up to that moment and like previous episodes in the final season like the first couple episodes like there were action pieces but it wasn't what we were necessarily looking for but once you see Aaron enter his attack titan form like you know it's just gonna be a wild ride from there it was like his return essentially yeah the attack titans return and to be fair i mean it's not really a spoiler because when you're watching this part of attack on titan you know it's coming Mm -hmm. you know it's like they they keep telling you like this is probably what's gonna happen um and it does happen but the way they did it was just phenomenal it was it was like a an epic welcome home party for the Attack <laughs> Titan, although I'm sure that's not what everyone in the scene thought. Oh, yeah. it It's Attack on Titan at its finest um, after that moment. It would, you know, all hell just breaks loose afterwards. And so my worst moment of 2021, and I'm sure you wholeheartedly agree with this, is the PowerPoint presentation that we got at the end of the Promised Neverland season two. No, it wasn't a PowerPoint presentation because that was Way of the House. And this was a slideshow. It was yeah, like, a, same, like a, a post-vacation slideshow <laughs> where like your family members like, hey, I went on this shitty vacation you probably don't care about, but I've got pictures. Let me, uh, let me show you all of my pictures. Yeah. And there was just so much hype and expectation for the Promised Neverland after its fantastic first season. And season two started off really great because it kind of went through the main conflict without dragging it out. But everything that happened after that was just so was too convenient and really not raising any sort of conflict. I, I don't know if that's a good way to explain it without being spoilery, but... Dude, they just fucking phoned it in at the end. They, yeah. they phoned it in. Similar to Wonder Egg Priority, they were having um, some major issues 
um, with production on Promise Neverland season two to the point where I think in one of the episodes, there's no credits for like, there's no, I don't know if it's like a no director credit, but essentially there's certain credits missing at the end because no one wanted to take credit Mm -hmm. for that episode. Like that's how bad it got. People were tweeting about it. Like people from the staff were tweeting about the situation. And yeah, it was just, it was terrible. And I was reading that the manga pretty much ends the same way but yeah this was just a mad rush at the end like they they were just done with the show and so they just wanted to finish it off not so gracefully like this was this was basically the game of thrones of anime yeah that's a good way to uh to to kind of compare that i i feel like from what i was understanding um because i haven't read the manga but there's like a significant amount of chapters worth of content Mm -hmm. that should have played out after the natural end of season two, but they literally took all of those chapters and just gave us a slideshow of just shots of different arcs that happen through the rest of the show. And then that was it. They're like, you know, we're not even going to bother animating the rest of it. We're just going to show you little snippets of what happens in the rest of the story. And you just got to figure it out. Like, Man, they just threw in the towel real hard. Yeah, un- unbelievable. That was a good pick, though. Yeah, that was my that was my other pick for worst moment. Oh boy, twenty twenty one. Well, with all of that, let's go through our best and worst anime of twenty twenty one. Um, yeah, no surprise, Attack on Titan mm-hmm. is my best Attack of twenty twenty one. Baby, yep, it's my best of twenty twenty one. Um, the worst has to be the the detective is already dead. Now, to be fair, we've been shitting on Kano Jomo Kano Joe throughout this entire episode. Um, however, Kano Jomo Kano Joe knew what it was. And it honestly had some pretty decent comedy when you overlook the actual situation that's playing out. So I, I have to give it props there. I can't I can't ding it for knowing what it is and just embracing what it is. Like it's a it's it's an anime of you know that follows a polygamous relationship. But the detective is already dead was equally shitty but tried not to be shitty like it, it tried to do something great and failed the first episode which is a double episode because i think it's like 45 minutes long was mm-hmm. so great the animation was so cool the characters pretty cool like there were some weird moments that happened but it was setting up something really exciting and then the rest of the show that we watched anyway was completely different completely de- detached all of the character interactions were very unnatural and very stale, and I did not enjoy any of that anime. So the the detective is already dead is my pick for the worst. Very interesting. Um, I think my worst, I've already mentioned it, is The Promised Neverland Season 2. That, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my rationale is because, again, there was so much hype and expectation around this season, and it just culminated in a huge letdown and i think the fact that it is a letdown is why i would call it the worst that's that's all i'll say i i don't want to say any more about the promised neverland <laughs> no i completely agree and i think that's fair it's definitely one of the worst um on my list as well um definitely a contender for for this uh best and worst list but what is your best i mean come on is it really a surprise? It has to go to Attack on Titan, the final season, baby. Yeah, yeah, I feel ya. Nothing will be as hype as that show in 2021. Just all the what the fuck moments 
and then you have that big cliffhanger at the end and we had to wait like nine months until we jump right back into it it was just fantastic it really was i mean i think we can most of us can agree that attack on titan was probably the best thing to come out of 2021. Um, but with that said, because we both picked Attack on Titan as our best anime of 2021, and because that's you know very predictable, we have a bonus category, which is the best anime of 2021 that isn't Attack on Titan. <laughs> because I feel like we still have to give props to, to like other stuff. So um, do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first with this final bonus category? Oh, you can go right ahead. All right. So my choice for best anime of 2021 that isn't Attack on Titan goes to Fruits Basket, the final. Oh, wow. Talk about a fucking emotional roller coaster. Um, it's extremely high rated. I think it's in like the the nines on Mal. And it's, it's hard to talk about it because I don't want to spoil it, but it just ended so well. After everything that that show puts you through as the viewer for the first two seasons and, and this final season, they it just ends great and that's that's all i'll say i can't say anything more because it's 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 the final season it's tons of spoilers but if you have not watched fruits basket not the the earlier one from like the early 2000s the one that came out recently i think it started in like 2018 2019 do yourself a favor and watch fruits basket i was not expecting that at oh. all. oh because i know you picked up fruits basket pretty late this it's year it's one of those other ones where i picked it up literally days after it ended like yintama and like Jojo Part Five, and like a lot of other anime. For some reason, I hold off. For some reason, for some reason, I said it twice. For some reason, I hold off. Um, and then I see all this hype, and I feel I get FOMO, like I'm missing out on something great. And then I'll watch it, just like Mushoku Tensei. I started it like two days after it ended. Yeah, still surprising that it's Fruits Basket. <laughs> <laughs> I had I had something else in mind that you would have chosen. But we know I want to know. Unless it's no, your it, it's my choice. Oh, okay, okay, that's fair. <laughs> so my best anime of 2021 that is an Attack on Titan, I have to give it to To Your Eternity. Oh, and yeah. I've said it before. It's just this anime fantasy epic that was just unlike anything I've seen in recent memory, and that not only includes anime but just any other form of media. The, the thing that I've compared it to the most is the Bible. Like, that's what this this reminds me of, like uh, a Bible story told in anime form. And it was just such a fascinating series to watch, um, especially with Fushi's journey and what his purpose is and just the lofty themes, again, of human nature, finding one's purpose, our connection with others, and that fucking Gugu arc is going to stick with me for my eternity. Holy shit. <laughs> Even just listening to the song that the, there's a key song that plays during the anime that I I could probably put that as like one of the best anime like scores. Theme like, songs. Yeah, theme songs like one of the best anime soundtracks um of 2021 just because of how hard it hits at that particular moment in the Gugu arc. Yeah, it hurt. It was great. Well, there you go. That's uh, that's the best and worst of 2021 anime, according to what we watched and according to um, our brains. And I just I really enjoyed putting this list together. I really enjoyed talking through this, and it was a nice reminder of everything that we have watched and 
and witnessed and all the journeys that we've gone on, which sounds really cheesy, um, in 2021 anime. And I would say overall, strong year, like just mm-hmm. a strong year for anime, bouncing back from the the lackluster year that 2020 was, again, understandably so, given everything that was going on in the world. Um, and here's to uh, a great 2022. I It's turning out to be just as promising, if not more promising, than this year was. And I guess even outside of the eventfulness of anime in 2021, like just thinking back, it's been a pretty eventful year just for the Strictly series, Strictly anime as a whole. Because I has. feel like it, we we really kicked everything into full gear this year, um, having started last year in 2020. But as we mentioned at the beginning, had a lot more collaborations with fellow podcasters across the country and the globe switching to this weekly format for Strictly Anime and obviously getting some really awesome patrons. But yeah, it's it's been quite a year of growth for us and it's just amazing to see that in tandem with all the anime that we've watched this year. Yeah, I you bring up a really good point. Like we, we have come a long way, um, not to like toot our own horn or whatever, but we have come a long way in just 2021. I mean, we started off by recording in a closet full of clothing because that was the best soundproofing that we have. And now we have like a pretty much dedicated podcast room with nice, you know, sound dampening square panels and whatnot Mm -hmm. and like upgraded mics and headphones and a a better table. And, you know, we just kind of feel more professional, even though we're not professionals. (laughs) We're indie podcasters. Um, We even started off our, our podcast for the first several months not advertising at all we had basically no online presence because we felt so new to the podcasting world that we didn't really want to put ourselves out there until we got our our footing kind of you know all straightened out so i feel like from the time we launched in march of 2020 till about october 2020 we were pretty invisible. We were still putting out regular bi-weekly episodes, but we were still pretty invisible as a podcast. And then in October 2020 is when we, you know, established our website, um, you know, had our social media presence, Twitter, Instagram, et cetera. Um, a, little, a little bit later came Patreon. So 2021 really was our first full year as like a true active podcast. And, you know, closing out this year, we, we just want to say thank you so much for an amazing 2021. Thank you so much for all of your support, um, both for Strictly Anime and for Strictly JoJo. We we couldn't do this without you guys. We don't want to do this for anyone but you guys. Um, and you guys are the best listeners. You really, really are. Yeah, I echo what Courtney said. Um, a lot of this is just thanks to everyone out there who's listening. And it's just crazy because like, putting this podcast together i don't know if i would have ever experienced the things that i've experienced through this podcast outside of that again meeting all these great podcasters not just from across the country and across the globe and just sharing with other listeners and these other podcasts are our lo- shared love of anime and getting to discuss it on this weekly basis now is is such a blessing and for again people to want to listen to us <laughs> has been such a blessing too. Um, yeah, so. it, it blows my mind that there are people who really like our discussions and actually enjoy listening to us. And it blows my mind in a great way. And, and hopefully us as podcasters, we've grown a bit too. I feel like we're more confident 
now from when we first kind of launched. Oh, no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe we sound more confident. <laughs> um, you know, fake it till you make it, I guess. But yeah, hopefully we've grown as well and we'll continue to grow. Um, but yes, thank you guys for all of your support. Um, we, we always say this, but we always mean it. It really does help us out and, and means everything to us. And happy holidays and happy new year yeah cheers to a good 2021 and here's to a better 2022 and that wraps up episode 67 of strictly anime if you enjoyed the podcast and would like to support the show then head over to patreon.com slash strictly series and subscribe on your favorite podcast streaming service so you can be notified when new episodes premiere every monday follow us on instagram at the strictly series and on twitter at strictly series and connect with us there or on our website thestrictlyseries.com to share your thoughts on the anime we review and what your best and worst of anime was in 2021 and why it was the promised neverland season two. oh my god <laughs> you'll also find more info on strictly jojo our other podcast dedicated to jojo's bizarre adventure thank you so much for listening thank you for a wonderful 2021 and as always, stay safe, stay healthy, stay weeb.